It is Thursday, March 10th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who was searching for his ball when the horn sounded, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. Busy show ahead. Of course, we're live on 1010 AM in Jacksonville, Jaguars.com, Jaguars Twitter, and Facebook, and Jaguars YouTube. We're everywhere that you need to be. Podcasts available on the free iHeartRadio app. Uh, hit us up on Twitter as well, at JP Shadrick, at Logs56. Uh, Jeff will look at that maybe by August. Let's uh, take a look at what's coming up on the show today. Speaking of, it's Jeff Logman, Jaguars analyst. Cam Robinson gets the franchise tag. What does that mean for the number one overall pick in the NFL draft in 2022? We'll get answers from Logs. Future for DJ Chark Jr., we're a little less than a week away from the start of the new league year and free agency, but Chark has been working out with Trevor Lawrence. At least Tuesday was running routes with him, according to Instagram, and some huge quarterback news around the NFL. Jeff Lagerman with us now. Good afternoon, Jeff. What's up? It's all good. It's all good. A lot, nice lot hat. happening. Thank like, you. This, like is, this is my uh, my Patrick Cavanaugh special hat. It's teal and black. It's got alternating letters in different colors. It's got the cat head in the front. It's a good looking hat. You see, this is uh, this is available at jaguars.com at the NFL shop. I'm sure it is. Yes. Um, it, it's a, <laughs> would you call that retro or would that be, um, see, what would you got, describe uh, that? See, right on the inside there, it says PK. Oh, so <laughs> this is the it Patrick. truly is his. This is the Patrick Cavanaugh yeah. special hat. Very okay? nice. It was meant to decorate the studio, but this is my game day hat. This is what I wear. For this show, this is our game day. Yeah, you, for those who you know, we don't have like By a pregame way, heard, show or anything. Logs, but this like, is our game day. I, I'm just telling you, so you know, let, people can't see the studio before the show because the cameras aren't aren't on yet. That's the whole idea of a show, right? Mm-hmm. The show starts mm-hmm. and then ends. Well, before Logs comes in in his outdoor show hat, that's correct, and then changes it like Mister Rogers would do with his you know sweater. cardigan, right? yeah, with the sweater. But you do it with hats. That's that's correct. And we appreciate. If, if that. I was wearing a hat today, I can't. I can't. You know, I'm, you know, I got to represent. So I'm going to put the Jaguars hat on for the show. By the way, I heard you got franchise tagged. Me? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the number is on that, but uh, that, that wasn't quite the uh, in the listing. I'll say that. Uh, big week, right? For Huge. That? Yeah. Franchise uh-huh. tag for Cam Robinson: sixteen point six million guaranteed for one year if he signs the tender, and the Jags and Robinson have until July fifteenth to work on a long-term deal, or he would play under that one-year number. Uh, lo- yeah, just real quick yeah. on that. If, if I'm Cam Robinson, I'm probably you know, just going to go ahead and sign it because I, I think it's going to end up being just like very similar to last year. It's mm-hmm. going to be a one-year deal. And uh, and I think it was the right thing to do. You think so? First of all, Cam Robinson is a, is a, is a solid, good football player. And – I don't want anybody to have the impression because he got franchised that he's one of the best left tackles in football. That's that's not what he is. He's a good he's a good football player, which means that he's middle of the pack to you know to sometimes maybe you know backward part of the middle part of the pack. But he's a he's a starter. He's a starter and he's a starting caliber left tackle in this league. And those players are not cheap. And so you want to, and when, when you're a football team that hasn't won a lot of games in the last decade, you want to keep all the best players that you possibly can 
so that you're not trying to fill holes. I mean, you you have enough holes to fill as it is already. That's why your record has been the worst in the National Football League two years in a row. You've got to concentrate on getting better. And the way that you get better is that you get better players. And and putting the tag on Cam Robinson is the right thing to do. Does it change any of your plan going forward in free agency and in the draft? I think free agency, it might change a little bit of what you would do because if you didn't tag him, you might end up looking at another option who uh, uh, goes by the last name of Armstead. Okay, to yeah. maybe play your left tackle position, it might cost you a little bit more money. Yeah, more than more than sixteen point six, huh? But from the standpoint of changing what you would do for the draft, I don't think it changes anything. Nothing. Nothing. So they could still go with tackle at number one overall. Absolutely. And then let the new guy play somewhere else. Absolutely. And then figure it out. If Jonathan Ogden, who is and and you go back to this story, which the uh Cleveland Browns slash Baltimore Ravens because that was the, the Tony Jones was a starting left tackle for the Cleveland Browns before the organization made the move to Baltimore. Tony Jones was one of the better left tackles in football. And so they drafted Jonathan Ogden with Tony Jones still at the left tackle position. They allowed Tony Jones to continue to play left tackle. Ogden played left guard, which was funny as all get out watching a six eight man get into a guard's you know stance. I bet. But he was really good, even at guard. And then when Tony Jones moved on, then you had Jonathan Ogden to take over. And, and of course, he had a Hall of Fame career. So can you play a draft pick at guard? Absolutely. Uh, Can you play maybe somebody else at guard that you already have on your roster? Uh, Maybe the guy that you drafted pretty high last year? Absolutely. I think everything, everything is on the table. And I've said this before. I'll say it again, and it's just my own personal belief. It doesn't come from anywhere inside the the football brains of this organization. But I am a believer that Cam Robinson can be one of the best right tackles in football. And I think he's built to play right tackle. And if you ended up drafting a left tackle or you had Walker Little play left tackle or you had the draft pick play left tackle, Walker Little playing guard, I think that that would all be good for this football team. The better offensive line that you can put in front of Trevor Lawrence, the better your football team is going to be. Even if they happen to be all tackles by trade. Now, the the rookies, Iquanu, uh, Evan Neal, both have played multiple positions throughout their careers in college. Sure. Both have played guard before. Absolutely. It's Evan Neal's third position at left tackle. It's not like he started his career in college at left tackle. So That's right. they can move around. If That's needed. right. And and, uh, and and here's the other thing. You need to create more competition for your offensive line because that's the only way you get better. Uh, the Buff- Buffalo Bills just uh, reported that they're going to be letting go, I think it's Feliciano, who has been a starting guard for them. I think he would be a great pickup. You know, I think this football team needs more competition up front. And, and Feliciano, not only has he has been a starter for the Buffalo Bills, but he's got an edge about him the way he plays the game. Bobby Wagner. Look, if I'm this football team, Linebacker. I'm on the phone with Bobby Wagner and his representation right now. I mean, it, you want to win? Then let's bring in a guy who is one of the best players in all of football at the position that he plays. And, oh, by the way, you need a linebacker, okay? Um, what's wrong with having a guy 
to help show the locker room what winning is all about, who's won a lot of games in his football career and is a total professional. Anything wrong with that? That doesn't sound like it to me, no. Why not? Why? Well, I mean, why not inquire about a guy like that? So, I mean, a lot of these yeah. things that uh, – Well, you can inquire. It takes two to tango, though, Lance. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to make that phone call. If, if well, you yeah, have, sure. If you had the mindset, because, you know, the, the, this mindset has existed here in the past, and that the mindset sometimes can be, well, look, we're building, we're building something here. You know, you know we don't want to – we don't want to use, you know, bringing old guys to for this football team because, you know what, uh, you know, when we get good, we want to make sure that we're, we're you know, they're they're here to play yeah. while we're good. Daryl Smith, we're good. You know, get, exactly. You know, move along. That happened with Daryl Smith. That's, that was back in 12, 13. Right? Look, the the football of today is not about, okay, let's build to the future. I mean, everybody tried to do that. This, this organization tried to do it for years, building the future. And guess what? The future never came. I mean, it came one year in 17. You, you've, you've got to continue to try to put the best team on the field. And then you know what? If you got a quarterback and all of a sudden you start putting some pieces in place and then you get hot, you don't know what can happen. And so why not? Why not? And then, because a lot of people say, hey, you know, he's too old. You know, Chandler Jones, ah, he's too old. Uh, last time I checked. He's still, Chandler Jones he's still and, plays, and Bobby Wagner right? yes. were still really good football players in this Didn't league. Bobby Wagner like lead the league in tackles again? He leads the league in tackles like every year. <laughs> right. He and he is, I want to say, he's has some stat about the and, and here's a guy who's an absolute tackling machine. His eighth straight Pro Bowl, hundred and seventy yes. tackles, a career high last season for Wagner. Okay, but here's the crazy thing yeah. about Bobby Wagner is that if you look at all the tackles that he makes year in and year out, and then you look at the number of missed tackles that he has, it it's like non existent. So how in the world can a guy that makes that many tackles not miss a tackle every now and again? Mm. But Bobby Wagner doesn't miss tackles. No. Which is crazy. And the Seahawks are moving on. You know, Russell Wilson, they're trading them. And, and Bobby Wagner can represent a lot of cap savings. And uh, the Seahawks are committing to the future, Full I guess. Yeah. And, Full and rebuild. Complete mode. rebuild. I mm. mean, if, if I'm this football team here in Jacksonville right now, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm absolutely trying to find out about where Bobby Wagner is at, where a guy like Chandler Jones is at, because right now you need to start playing better football. More on free agency coming up and what the Jags could do at number one overall after the tagging of Cam Robinson. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Also this week... I don't. I know you're a big social media guy, Logs. Yeah, you I'm, follow I'm it big. Big. to a T. Every single day you're following Twitter. I know that nonstop at Logs five six, because you always respond and retweet everybody. You're that, you're that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Instagram's even more for you. Yeah. So DJ Chark Tuesday mm-hmm. puts out a, an Instagram story, is what they call it. It's the video portion okay. at the top. And Tell me about it. It's him running a couple of routes with Trevor Lawrence, throwing him the ball at Bishop Kenning High School. Okay. Well, free agency starts next week. DJ's coming off, of course, a fractured ankle. Mm-hmm. Still trying to, I think, fully work his way back. But um, 
that's, I think, pretty notable with only a week to go before free agency. Notable he, from the standpoint of what? He's with the quarterback. Does does that mean anything to you, or is it just, hey, is that, no, they just I happen mean, to be working together? Look, a, a quarterback would like to throw the ball to some people. Yeah. Uh, a wide receiver would like to catch the ball. Couldn't see who else was out there in the video. From the some people. But, but my, right. my, my point is, is that. We're Look, reading into this too much. I, I think so. Does it mean anything? Oh, well, they're going to sign to have DJ Chark and are going to sign. No, come not. on. I mean, look, it's, uh, it's two guys that have a relationship that both need to work at their craft, and here's an opportunity for them to throw the football together. I mean, what's wrong with that? Uh, what I personally like to see DJ Chark back with his football team? Absolutely. But also, there's got to be a number to be considered. I mean, if you look at, at DJ over the last three years, he's had one good year. In the last other two years, he's had production that has been down, and also he's been injured. So it's not like you can we got to have DJ at all costs because he was throwing with Trevor Lawrence. Got to have him. Got to have him. No. But having if Trevor, if they asked, hey, Trevor, what do you think of DJ? You really want him around? He's going to you know, he's, go he's going to say, I want, I, I'd like to have one of him. I want to have right. him. But, 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 you I mean, take that under consideration, though, as a decision maker, as, as, right? a, as a quarterback, you who your quarterback you, wants to throw to is kind have, of important. You have to say that as a quarterback. You're going to want to – team comes to you and says, hey, you know, we got this guy right here. Would you like to throw him? Yeah, I'd like to throw him. <laughs> you got to say that as a quarterback, and especially if he's your current teammate – you got all. You always have to be in the corner of your current teammates, regardless if deep down you'd maybe rather throw to a different guy, but you always back your guys, and your guys are the ones that are under contract that you have a relationship with, and that you've balled with before. You have to back them first. I wonder what you know if he gets out to the marketplace on Wednesday at four o'clock. What? And that's when free agency that's starts. When it starts is next Wednesday Correct. at four o'clock, which the the um, uh, the cheating period. When does that officially Monday. begin? That's Monday at like four early in the day. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Monday like and Tuesday and Wednesday, and here we go. Yeah, so right. both there's going to be a lot of deals that are are going to be struck already before there's, Wednesday at four o'clock, and and DJ. Right. And here's the the reality: the conversations are already happening. Okay, it, it's. The, the people aren't waiting. The agents and the players and the teams are not waiting, okay, until this legal tampering period or the official start of free agency to talk numbers. They can sit there and say that they are all they want. It's no different than when there's been two trades that have been executed with Seattle Seahawks sending Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos and then also Carson Wentz being sent to the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Okay, so you think they're having a conversation about trading these mm -hmm. guys, right? Mm -hmm. But then not having conversations with maybe an agent mm. who has a guy that's coming up for free agency. Yeah, I mean, the combine was last week. Everybody's in the same city together. Yes. So, yeah, you know. And, and if I'm DJ. Hallway, passing if, by. If I'm DJ Chark, I'm going free agency. I mean, and I'm not trying to, you know. Be Don't, negative in any way. Yeah. But as a player, you always want to get to free agency. The, the way that you can maximize your paycheck, your value, is by getting to free agency. Okay? It's not negotiating with one. It's negotiating with at least two is where you can find how high the – the limit of the sky is being the limit. So how high is the ceiling? Well, get to free agency. 
get a right. couple teams that start bidding for your services. Uh, it's not being before or it's not before free agency with one team that you're talking with. And so I look, and, and here's the thing, and it's, that's the thing to do if you're DJ, and there's nothing wrong with allowing a player to get the free agency because sometimes a conversation that a team might be having where the player, the player might have and the agent might have an, a way overly inflated opinion of the value of the player. And so the team sometimes has to say, hey, look, we really like player X, your guy. We love him. But we're just we just we're just not comfortable at that number. So let's get the free agency and then let's kind of see where we're at. You know, so, I mean, there's a couple approaches and a lot of it is dependent upon where the team is at before free agency with a guy like DJ and then also where DJ and his camp at Mm -hmm. is at before free agency exists where their expectations are. And who else is out there in free agency, too, at the position? That has something to do with it, too. Because uh, there's always a pecking order, and there's a value that's assigned in free agency based upon who's available. I'd love for this football team to be able to keep DJ. Uh, But if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. Uh, Like like I said, I think it was last week with you, JP, Wide receiver is the one position that every year the draft has a bunch of them that come out. And I'm talking has a bunch of them that come out that are productive guys. That might be the most plentiful position year in and year out in the draft that there is. Can you think of another? Mm, Not quite like that, no. Because everybody's throwing the ball around. Everybody's throwing the ball. In college. And all the good athletes are – somehow touching the ball, you know, through Little League, et cetera. It's not like they're grooming these great athletes to play left tackle or, you know, play defensive end. They touch the ball, and most of them are touching the ball as a quarterback or a wide receiver. Putting ahead, we will come back in just a moment. We'll hear from Bucky Brooks. We'll um, also uh, take a look at the decision to not, at least right now, go with an executive vice president. Renew now, roar later. The time is now. Renew your 2022 Jaguar season tickets. Season ticket members who are new by March 17th will also be entered to win a trip to Canton, Ohio, as the Jags take on the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jags' first-ever Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Baselli is enshrined. We're off and running. It's Jaguar's Happy Hour on the Jaguar's Digital Network. You away your options. If I have this player and that player, do I like that option better than, okay, I can take this draft pick and another player. So it's almost like, um, what is the claim? Price is right. Showcase showdown where you get opportunity to figure out which one that you want. Um, you get, you get to figure out which one that you wanted in. And so that's what you're doing in the office. You're trying to figure out, okay, what gives us the best opportunity to hit all the needs and all of the things that we must address for the best personnel. And obviously, after doing the evaluation, Cam Robinson was in that picture because if you're Doug Peterson and you're trying to figure out what's the best way for us to get this rolling, do I want to break in a newbie at left tackle? Do I want to go with someone who may have some flaws, but at least I know what those are. And we feel confident enough that maybe we can mask some of those efficiencies while getting the rest of the pieces of the puzzle right. That is Bucky Brooks from the Huddle Up podcast yesterday, available now on the free iHeartRadio app. Search Jacksonville Jaguars. This show will be on the podcast network when it's over with. So if you're listening on the podcast, well, 
you're hearing me promote the podcast you're listening to. Thank you for listening. Uh, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Glad you're along with us today. Plenty to get to. That's, uh, of course, Cam Robinson talk continues. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, by, by the way, what was everybody laughing with Bucky said there right there? Oh, so he said uh, it was I, I, one of four Prices Right references on the podcast yesterday. Okay. That one was the natural first one, and then okay. there were a few that came right, after right, right. that. All so Showcase Showdown, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get to pick whichever one you want if you at the sure. end. Right? Sure. That's what he was referencing. Okay, I, now, now I get it. Uh, c- help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed uh, or you, neutered. Yeah. That's, Thank you, Bob. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I guess uh, now it's Drew. Thank you, Drew. Do, I haven't watched it in a while. I know, I knew that, but yeah. I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah, he, uh, I'm, I'm usually at work at ten o'clock in the morning. He's got uh, he's got this crazy hairdo now. Really? I mean, it, compared to the Drew Carey ball. Bob anyway. Barker's still alive. I think he is. I don't know. That's a great question. I think he's like the super executive producer emeritus or something, which he sh- you know probably owns the whole thing now. I just, I used to laugh when the people that were so excited would try to hug try to hug them <laughs> right. you know when they would reaction. win something they'd be like oh stay away from me the people run down the aisle <laughs> you know running the other way yeah right <laughs> hilarious uh, all right so from cam robinson the conversation we had in the opening segment here and, and mm-hmm. we heard from bucky there to the people making the decisions about cam robinson the headlines early last week at the combine well jags owner shad khan was pausing the evp search he said he likes what he's seen so far with the organization between Peterson and Balky. Not that it won't be revisited later, but not right now for the Jaguars. It's uh, really just one last guy in the kitchen with a draft a month and a half away. That's my thought of it. Doug Peterson reacting to it on Radio Row last week. It means a lot. It means you know, it means the world that that he has the the, the that we have the support. I should say, Trent and I and. And uh, you know, and, and listen, it was it, it was a it was an evaluation process too for 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 Shad. He he wanted to see how Trent and I would would work and get along for the last couple of weeks, and just that, and, and then just kind of going through the process too, and, and coming to the fact and realization that um, you know he really supports Trent and I, and, and that's that's the part that makes you feel good that uh, he's kind of turning some things over to us and and letting us letting us run the football side of it and. And that's really what you want from a, from a GM and a head coach to, to make those types of decisions. Not to say that we can't, um, you know, add, I like to call it talent. You know, we do the same thing with the roster, and we can do the same thing with personnel. So, Jeff Flogman, what do you think about the decision and the reaction from the head coach? Well, for, first off, I think if you have a, a structure to where the GM is over the coach or the coach is over the GM or you have something that's very clear – then I think then you don't need an EVP. But I think with the way that uh, that this is set up to where you have a GM that reports to owner and then you have a, a head coach that's hired by ownership too that are kind of parallel, I guess you could say, on the, on the flow chart. And when you have an owner who's not here on a day-to-day basis, I'm a fan of having an EVP. And the reason why, I think, is that you hold one person accountable. And will it work this way? Absolutely, it could work this way. It could work sure. brilliantly. And I think there's a lot of different ways to have success. Uh, my only concern is, is that in the past, what has worked is when you've had an EVP. What hasn't worked is when you haven't had an EVP with Mr. Khan as being the owner. So I mean, I, I'm a fan of the EVP. It, it worked one year. Correct. One year. Right. And then how many years was Coughlin here? I think it was like three. Two, yeah, almost three. Almost not three quite years, three. Right. But 
the reality is, is that that was the best year you ever had, and that was the year you had an EVP. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm a fan of the EVP, and uh, and I just believe that with with this organization, with where it's at, and the lack of success that it has had for the past decade, that that's what this organization needs. So there's a month and a half to the draft. I mean, don't need it right now. Another well, and, person and, in that room to, you know, as, well, here, as Brian Sexton said this on Jaguars Reporters the other day, and it mm-hmm. made a lot of sense. Why? They're still trying to figure out each other, the quarterback, the offense, everything. Why at this point bring in another person into that whole scenario? They have to learn everything back over again. All all these interactions and, and conversations have to start over again. Well, I think that's assuming that, that the EVP is going to insert – you know, him or herself into the conversation. And I, and I think that's the wrong okay. assumption. Okay. I, I think an EVP can just sit back and evaluate the performance right. of those two people, of the head coach and of the general manager. Right. And then can also be a person that when you have, uh, what's the term, when you have a, a group decision, when you come to consensus – that that's just another person to add to consensus. And, for example, they're talking about maybe adding an, uh, an assistant general manager. Okay, well, what, how would that be different from the executive vice president having maybe a, an input in there? Uh, I'm also not a, a, a big fan of adding an, an assistant general manager into that equation either. Uh, not when you have two people reporting directly to ownership. I'm not a big fan of having an assistant general manager enter that equation as well. I will say that I think that approach about the executive vice president role being involved and being there all the time is because Tom Coughlin was the most involved human you could ever have in that role, I think. Well, like in he some was respects, always around, and his his hands were on everything. In, in, in some respects, I, I think there is you know somebody that, like Tom, had his hands all over the coaching, as, the coaching yeah. aspect of it, but he didn't have his hands all over some other aspects of it. I, That's one extreme. I also think that, you know, an, yeah. an executive vice president, you know, you give an example last year, which, you know, here's a situation that didn't work last year because you had a lack of kind of communication going on. You know, we had a we had a scrimmage and you had television broadcasts and, 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 you know, that scrimmage didn't get put on television because there was a delay and a move of the schedule. Well, I think if there's it, – it, it just facilitates to where everybody can row in the same direction – so to speak, when you have somebody that's in that role, and whether it's a an EVP or whether it's a uh, an executive vice president with in communications that's a link to football in the business side, because you know the one thing that an organization has to have is that everybody has to be moving in the same direction, because football has to be able to work with with ticketing, with marketing, with uh, public relations. I mean, all of that has to be able to work together. And I think that, that there's different ways to achieve that, but there's a lot of – when I say there's different ways to achieve that, EVP is one way, but then also you know, making sure that you have the structure, the structure of the organization set up properly. And, and last year I think that uh, some things got out of whack that were kind of conceded with Urban Meyer and the way that things were designed, and it didn't work for the organization. And I, I, I think there needs to be change – and some of it has already been instituted to make the organization back to where it should be. Row, row, row your boat. I, seriously. I Gently mean, down the St. John's. Look, it, f- football 
and a lot of people will sit there and say, well, look, if, if you have a good football side of things and then, and then you win, everything takes care of itself. Yeah, sure. I mean, because the New England Patriots. But here's the reality. Yeah. The New England Patriots. You win. That's the whole point. Who have been incredibly successful over the years. They also have a business, marketing, public relations. I mean, all the people that are kind of around football work together with football to make sure that everything is for the betterment and for the, the best thing for the franchise. And and last year, things got changed a little bit when Urban was hired. And so things are going back to being a little bit more conventional, as they should be. And we'll see where it goes. But look, uh, it, to say that everything's working great right now, I think it's a little soon to make that evaluation because it's been three or four weeks, it's I think. It's March 10th. They yeah, I mean, it, hired him a month yeah. ago. Everybody is working and doing great at this time of year <laughs> right? in football. Yes. Seriously. Yes. Right? This is when it's Everybody's supposed to be good. It better be great. It better be good this time of together, year. And yeah. it's all, you know, it's all going to be great. Uh-huh. The reality is, is that this, this is the easy time of year. There, there is no challenges this time of year. The challenges begin when winning and losing is starting to be kept track of. And if you're not winning, then okay, well then things get challenging. Okay, well then how are you doing then? Because that's where it gets difficult. And this is not an easy game to win. That's when it goes on your permanent record. And that's when uh, jobs are won and lost. And, and that's when it gets real for sure. Logs, I know you're excited for the daily play schedule coming up. I, I'm always excited. I like, I like live music. A lot so, of great shows. I saw a live show the other day. Really, I was I went out to the players and I oh, saw that's right. Kelsey Ball, Ballerina. Yeah, Ballerini. Yes, Ballerini, yeah. and she was fantastic. Very nice. Yeah, so she you're was fantastic. You're off and running on your concert schedule. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm big. Well, coming up, Brothers Osborne, April eighth. Lil Dirk, April nineteenth. Tim McGraw on May fifth. Erica Badu on May sixth. Goody Mob's going to be there too. And then two nights of the Lumineers, May seventeenth and eighteenth. Tickets and Lumineers information. Really good. By yeah. The way. See. Yeah. And two nights of them. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a really good show there. Dailiesplace.com for more information, and uh, that's not all. There's plenty ahead in uh, June and July already. If you could go up. to one of those, if you had your choice to go to one of those, Me. would you pick Tim McGraw? <sighs> you know, I've never been to any of them. So maybe a Lumineers show. I've never seen the yeah, Lumineers. Yeah, it did come down to Tim McGraw or yeah. the Lumineers for me. Yeah. I'd probably pick the Lumineers, you know, just, just because it's a little something different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're all, it's obviously a fantastic venue, so check it out. The, the weather, you know, not great this weekend so far, but hey, it's covered. You got a roof there. Don't worry about that. Rain or shine shows at Daly's Place. Plenty ahead. We're back in a moment. Well, uh, Logs, we're going to tell, you're going to tell us what the Jags will do at number one overall. <laughs> we're going to get an answer out of you. Okay. We're going to hear from Trent Balky and CBS Sports Analyst Charles Davis, and this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Our goal is to win football games, but we're going to do it one player, one coach, one person in the organization at a time. And to our fans, listen, I know you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot, but that's about to change. I'm not going to settle for anything less than a championship caliber, championship caliber team. At is a preview of The Hunt. It airs tonight, 7 o'clock, on the Jaguars' YouTube channel, Episode 1. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really. First of all, the the original 
the hunt, which was last year, with uh, with Urban Meyer and that stuff. First of all, it was outstanding as far as the amount of access. Two years ago, two years ago, or two it years started ago. It two years ago, but last year they had it also. Yes. Right, but the amount of access that they uh, were allowed to have and the behind the look. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that you want to watch. You know, to feel like you're, you're getting a glimpse into the inner workings of a franchise mm-hmm. and your team and uh, I think it's awesome, and it takes a, a lot of – what's the right word? It takes a lot of commitment from people that do do the actual filming, et cetera, and then go through all of it, and then also to be able to get it approved, and then also yeah. the access that has to be allowed from the coach, uh, the general manager, et cetera. It's cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a two-way street. And, yeah, give those guys across the hall, the football side, a lot of credit because they're opening the doors and, and opening it exactly. up a little bit. and um which is cool to see. It's not access that I can anybody tell you else this. has. I'll watch them. Right. And it's really – I will a, absolutely watch them. Uh, there will be a number of episodes throughout the offseason building up to training camp and the start of the regular season. So check them out on Jaguars.com when they archive and live on YouTube. Well, and one thing that will help that, the NFL has dropped all of the COVID protocols, which is the probably some of the biggest news that we haven't talked about yet. I, the other day – Actually met last year's first round running back in person for the first time. Wasn't that Travis nice? Etienne yes. Jr. Yeah. What a nice guy, and he's he's in great shape. He's confident. He's moving around. He's eager and ready to get. But interactions like that you haven't had in two years. Right. I haven't been able to. I met Jamal Agnew the other day. Exactly. Like I didn't see him last well, year. That's, how, that's how it's been. And I mean, I got a, I got a chance to meet Etienne last year because he was hurt, and then. Maybe I violated a protocol. I don't know by talking with him, but uh, <laughs> I think but the any, statute of limitations. Anyway, is I over. mean now that uh, that uh, all of the protocols have essentially been dropped. I mean it's now maybe we get back to a little bit of normalcy from our standpoint, which also will help from a fan access standpoint, because now some of the things that you normally get this or have seen in the past, you'll be able to see some of them again. Let's hear from Jaguars general manager Trent Baalke at the Combine last week. The Jaguars, of course, have the number one overall pick. And the question, at least when he was standing on the podium, is, is it possible that you make the pick or trade out? Well, you're always open for business. Now, whether you're going to be able to move it or we're going to be able to move it or not, but we're very comfortable taking the pick as well. You know, you got to be prepared for anything in this league. So, to say we won't shop it is is probably uh, not 100% correct, but to say we will is probably not either. So we're going to see what comes, and if, if something comes our way and it, it, it makes sense to us, we'll make that decision at that time. Trader Trent, he has a little bit of a track record of dealing some uh, players uh, pre-draft back in San Francisco in his days there, but uh, never the number one pick. A little different this year. There's not really a, a top-tier quarterback, elite quarterback prospect that you see a lot of times that teams are clamoring to move up to try to get. Uh, that it, said, that, if, if, if you had that, you'd be sitting perfect. Absolutely, right? But you're not. No. I mean, you're not sitting perfect because of that situation. I mean, in a, in a perfect scenario, because you already have Trevor Lawrence, there would be a clear-cut quarterback at the top of the draft, and uh, there's a number of teams right now that would be willing to give up a king's ransom to be able to get a franchise-type quarterback in the draft. And so that would be the perfect scenario, but that doesn't exist. The top players at the draft are essentially the edge rushers and left tackles. So what does that mean for you? 
you could still potentially trade back, but you're not going to get the haul of draft picks that a quarterback would give to you or allow you to get. So do you consider it? Well, you have to consider it, but you would have to kind of change the mindset of what it would be worth. Because it's not a quarterback, if you're going to trade back, you would have to settle for less than a quarterback ransom. Right, because quarterback ransom is, what, a couple first-rounders usually? Correct. Right. So do you still consider it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Open for business, he said. Well, you you have to be in – you don't. You wouldn't want to go so far back that you would fall out of what would be the top three, four, five, somewhere in that range. And could somebody want to move up to get that top uh, pick? Maybe. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting to watch. But my guess is is that nobody's going to be willing to pay the price to move up for that spot. The Jaguars end up picking at one. Okay, then uh, General Manager Jeff Lagerman. It's March tenth. Who are the Jaguars picking at number one overall right now? Oh, have you watched? Have you watched no, film on no, this stuff this, yet? Uh, this is you're behind I'll... GM no. Jeff. Well, I mean, you're behind. If I was a GM, I would be way behind. I'm just saying. But in this exercise, you're the general manager and you're behind. But we need a pick from you right now. I'll, I'll let you know that pick next week. Oh, wait a minute. That's next week. I I can tell you that. Uh, the, the the defensive end Aiden the left tackle from Alabama uh, which is your guy JP I mean look they're, Aiden they're all Hutchinson good. is his name that's the right defensive end yes and uh, his dad played pro ball Correct. by the way I, for a minute there I was like is that Steve Hutchinson's son because I mean sometimes names kind of stick in your mind but uh, he's a he's a heck of a player he's got a lot of numbers to support where he's been at and uh, got great motor the uh, the other defensive end from what I understand, didn't endear, exactly endear himself to folks at the Combine. Kayvon Thibodeau. Correct. Yes, from Oregon. Um, he said he was he wanted to be Jadavion Clowney. Uh, I don't know if that's a great comparison. Well, I think he he uh, didn't finish some of the drills, from what I understand. Like he did only a few of them and then stopped. Yeah, you know, it's, that uh, that's not a good look. That's not a good look. But it's not, you know, if he had a legitimate reason to, to, to stop, then maybe it was a smart decision. But I think it's going to be interesting, and there's a lot of players at the top. And from from uh, reading all the experts' opinions, they say that this draft is a very deep draft, and that's a good thing because this football team has a large number of holes to fill at multiple positions. A lot of picks too. Not a lot of them in the sixth round, but a lot of picks. Yeah, you, know, you, can you got work you got with to, those. you got to try to find a way to trade some of those to move up. Because six-round picks a lot of times are, are just – they haven't been very worthy. You mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, and last week on Radio Row at the NFL Scouting Combine, CBS Sports and NFL Network analyst Charles Davis sat down with Ashlyn Sullivan and John Osier and mm-hmm. gave his assessment of the Michigan defensive end. When I watch Aiden Hutchinson play and we start comping things, I'm very careful about not just trying to stereotype this player. He's a high motor, try hard. Look, this kid's technical aspects with hands reminds me of the Bosa brothers in a big way because that's where they win. They are such technicians with everything they do. And then, oh, by the way, they're tremendous athletes. People forget that because we always want to stereotype different pass rushers Mm -hmm. and is he twitchy enough? We went through that with Joey Bosa. I remember him coming out in the draft and people were like, I don't know, maybe he's maybe, instead of a double digit, is he only a six to eight? 
he's I doing just fine. He's a double digit, right? <laughs> right? He's a pro bowler every year. Nick Bosa came back off the knee injury. He was double digit sacks this year. I think Aiden Hutchins is the same type of a player. Charles Davis, one of the really great analysts in the game on Sunday, certainly, and now NFL Network leading into the draft. And that's his thought of, of Hutchinson, who's yeah, been I, I want to see that a lot. I want to see I want to see Hutchinson with my own eyes before I start comparing him to the Bosa brothers because. I can tell you this, when when you when you watched the Bosa brothers, there was nobody uh, that that I remember coming out in the last decade that had the technical aspect of the game down like the Bosa brothers. So to say that he's comparing them to the Bosa brothers, and I was trying to say I don't want to compare them, but he was, okay. <laughs> but uh, he's trying but. to say he wasn't, but he was, okay. That's that's pretty uh, that's pretty lofty stuff. The, the the one guy that uh, that I remember watching and uh, is the defensive end for the Cleveland Browns, Jason uh, uh, Garrett. Oh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. I mean, yes. So uh, he's yeah, that's a different guy. When when you watched him, there was not even a question no, you, yeah. that he was worthy of the first pick of the draft. I mean, it wasn't even close. No. And so is Aiden Hutchinson at that level? I don't think so, uh, and I and I got to watch a lot more on it. I've only watched just you know the little highlight kind of stuff, but we need you to dig into the film. I, I got it. Get that's, in the film that's, room. That's my. Are you going to do that this offseason? That's always my March thing. Jaguars. Okay, in March. Well, it's March tempth. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, okay, it's, it's time saying. to start. That. The clock's it's ticking. I mean, come on, the draft's coming up. I got. Time. We need answers. We the draft is when you got a lot of excuses. Right, the draft now. is when we want answers. When, when Eight, is late April. By the way, JP, if what? you were if you were picking, okay, who are you taking? There's two top tackles. Okay, Quano's yeah, the guy from NC State. Uh-huh. And the more I read about him, he had a really good combine. Who are you also. taking? Homer. I don't know. Neil looked pretty. Uh, uh, he didn't work out the other day at the combine. He's Why? waiting for his pro day. Why? Why didn't he work out? Well, I don't know. I don't. I didn't ask him. I well, I'm, I'm asking you. Him. I mean, area. are you gonna? Would you knock him? Would you? You give him a, a negative. A Would you give him a negative for not working out the combine? He doesn't get a gold star anymore. So you me. would you would mark him? I as, didn't say that. You said that. No, I'm asking you. I'm answering you. That's not an answer. <laughs> no, he's fine. Jeez. You know, uh, the more I see Iquanu and some of that stuff, that's cool. I'm down with that. Okay, well, I'm down with that. I'm cool. With that. Sixty-seven I mean, pancakes what, last the, year. I'm, well, that's some I great like analysis pancakes. there, JP. It's March 10th. I'm with you. You're Alabama guy. You should be able to spit out all kinds of things, facts and figures and factoids about the guy. The guy's really good. Make a case for him being number one overall. Well, you said who I was going to pick right now. Let me ask you a question. Hit me. Okay. If you, okay, because I know you're an Alabama guy. You always say that. It's accurate, but okay. Okay, you watch every Alabama game this whole TV? Not everyone, if I can. DVR it, then watch it later. It depends. Okay. Yeah. Cam Robinson or this young man at Alabama now? I Who's got a higher ceiling? A higher ceiling? Yeah. Probably the guy coming out right now, okay. I think. Because we've seen what Cam is. Right. And Cam's very good. Okay. But I think this guy has a little more That brings more up a him. great point. Okay. In the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because what Cam is is a, is, a, is a one-year tag. Correct. So you are don't you, know the future. Are you looking to have a left tackle to protect a franchise quarterback for a one-year a one-year basis, or are you looking for somebody to protect him for his career? Excellent point. Um, so I mean, that's that's got to be something that you think about when you think about okay, do I draft a left tackle? 
or do I draft this uh, pass rusher from Michigan who's the highest-rated edge rusher, but he doesn't have the freakish skill set of a Miles Garrett? Big okay, question. it's an interesting conversation. And we'll have weeks upon weeks to delve into it a little bit more. We'll return with massive quarterback news around the NFL logs, and I mean massive. A lot of draft picks flying around. I think one of the most interesting things was the uh, the response by Aaron Rodgers after not being the topic of conversation of of, uh, of quarterbacks in in Denver. Aaron Rodgers is a little he he likes to be talked about. Uh, you think? And if he's not being talked about, he likes to make himself or to insert himself so that he can be talked. Hey, guess about. what? We're going to talk about him when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour Thursday afternoon and a live look if you're on Jaguars.com, the Jaguars YouTube channel, Jaguars social media, all those places where we stream this show. You're looking at the Football Performance Center site. There is concrete that has been poured, not today, it's been pouring down rain all day, but the sun is out now trying to dry out the muddy conditions there, and the footprint is really starting to take shape, so that's a good thing. It will open for business at the start of the 2023 training camp, we're told. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We go around the NFL. We start, though, with some breaking news just moments ago. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network saying, uh, at least according to sources, the Bears are closing in on a trade of pass rusher Khalil Mack trying to send him to the Los Angeles Chargers in exchange for prime draft pick compensation. Khalil Mack, one of those guys we you're talking about, um, uh, the the guy in Cleveland, of course. Um, Miles defensive Garrett. End, Miles Garrett. We're talking about defensive ends here. Well, I mean, he's right in that wheelhouse. Khalil Mack can play. Yeah, he's a, he's a good football player. I was uh, – Pretty surprised when he was traded to begin with, but that would be a pretty big acquisition for for a team in LA that's looking to create a little bit of star power of their own right in that stadium. Oh yeah, which, uh, sure. compared to the other team, they don't have a lot of star power. But Khalil Mack, once again, you know, we we were talking earlier about the amount of draft picks that Carson Wentz has been traded for in his career. Khalil Mack is starting to uh, get right up there. If this you know goes through, he's starting to approach the Carson Wentz stuff. Good point. Uh, speaking of the massive quarterback news, uh, well, three quarterbacks in the – well, three big-time named quarterbacks in the news this week. Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers. Russell Wilson will be traded to the Broncos. Carson Wentz traded to the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I said mistakenly earlier, Philly. I meant to say Washington. Right, I had the there. right conference and the right uh, division. Division, but, uh, but and the right team he was with to start his career. I wouldn't trade for Carson Wentz. You would not? Absolutely not. Uh, I thought his performance down the stretch last year was dismal. I will tell you this. So I get off the plane in Indianapolis to the Combine. I get in the Uber to go to the hotel. Mm-hmm. I have a Jaguar shirt on. The Uber driver, this is 10 o'clock at night, is like, you guys wrecked us in week 18. Like Colts fan, whatever, and the whole organization. Like everybody's mind is just messed up right now. And it, a few people I talked to around Indy, media center fans, it was the same narrative the whole time. And now you're seeing it. I mean, Carson Wentz played awful in that game in Week 18. <laughs> well, and he, he didn't play just awful in that game. In the, in the games that were uh, prior to the game here, he was also awful. When you you go back and you look at 
his performance at critical junctures of the season and of games is when he was at his worst. And that's a problem. That's a problem. And for the longest time, many people thought that Frank Reich was the perfect marriage and was going to get Carson Wentz back to being one of this, this magical, young, great quarterbacks who's going to be you know, the, one of the great ones in the league. And it's a, that's not happening. And I, and, I, and I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. Why I wouldn't trade for him? Because Frank Reich knows him better than anybody else. And if he's willing to trade him, for essentially a, a third-round pick? I mean, look, I understand yeah. that, that the Washington football team, what is it now? The, They're the commanders. The commanders now, okay, don't have a quarterback for the most part. But why would you want to have him? Well, they took the whole salary, too. How about that? $28 million. <laughs> Yeah, right? They didn't. $28 yeah, million That's a lot. For a guy a lot. that when it comes to crunch time. Now. Here's Crunches one, up in little pieces well, here's and one fails. Thing. I, it may not have been Frank Reich's final call in Indy, the way things work in Indianapolis. Oh, so, trust me, Frank on was now. on board with that, JP. Oh, I mean, that ain't a general manager-only call, I can tell you that. Everybody's in the hot seat all the time, it feels like. I can tell you that. That's, a, that's a, a consensus decision right there. And when Frank saw his boy wet his pants <laughs> last season, that was all she wrote. Good night and good luck. Um, oh, by the way, AFC quarterbacks now. A true arms race, pun intended. Uh, of course, uh, AFC East, Mac Jones, Tua, Zach Wilson, Josh Allen, the South, Trevor, Ryan Tannehill, Houston, and Indy TBD. The North, Burrow, Jackson, Mayfield, Pittsburgh's trying to figure it out. The West, Mahomes, Wilson, Carr, Herbert. What I mean, Great division. Murderer's row. That might be the best division, and the AFC South might be the worst. I mean, it is only March 10th. I'm just, I'm just telling you, the There's AFC t- South right now is the it might be the worst division. So it, my, it's my, not my, over yet. My point is, is that with Trevor, this team has a great opportunity to make some very quick gains because the rest of the teams in this division are lacking. All right, that's our show. Logs, good to see you as always. And then, by the way, yes, get on the quickly. film and watch the you know left what? tackle hey, March from is Alabama. March is almost over. March is almost go, over. Man. That's a Brent Reber, Joe Fortunato, I'm JP. It's Jaguars Happy Hour.